0: Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series, which features the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Located at the School of Information Systems at SMU, the SMU-TCS iCity Lab is a joint initiative between SMU and Tata Consultancy Services. The partnership combines Tata's industry-leading IT services expertise and culture of innovation with SMU's globally recognised excellence in research and education in social sciences, management, analytics and computing. Faculty members and researchers from the School of Information Systems and Tata Consultancy Services are actively engaged in collaborative projects to enhance the governance experience for city administrators and living experience for citizens in Asia and worldwide. The team works closely with the public and private sector organisations, as well as with universities and research institutes around the world. In this podcast, Associate Professor Tan Hui Ping, who is the Academic Director of the SMU-TCS iCity Lab, shares his vision for the lab, the current projects and future plans. Professor, you were appointed the Academic Director of the SMU-TCS ICT Lab in March 2015. Can you share with us your vision for the lab?
1: So the SMU-TCS Lab was set up um, in August 2011 and and it was called the Intelligent City Lab. Uh, It was originally intended to combine the strong leadership position of TCS in IT um, together with SMU's good track record in innovation uh, so that we could build innovative IT solutions for business with a focus on intelligent cities. Since I joined the lab in March this year, uh, I have expanded the scope or rather you can say that it's a stronger focus of the lab on apart from being intelligent also to focus on the inclusive aspects of the lab, meaning we want to develop and build intelligent solutions based on IT and also combining that with SMU's strong multidisciplinary research to build a more inclusive society.
0: Can you elaborate on some of the key projects that the lab is currently undertaking?
1: The lab currently has a very big national level project called Shine Seniors. This project uh, is a three year project that kicked off in November 2014 and has many different stakeholders. Uh, This project falls under the National Research Foundation under the Land and Livability National Innovation Challenge, Grand call. Um, essentially, we are looking at integrating Internet of Things solutions with social behavioral research so as to build an end-to-end community care platform that can truly enable aging in place in Singapore. So a little bit more details about this project. So this project is conducted in collaboration with co-investigators from ASTAR as well as the Eastern Health Alliance. And also we have a uh, community care provider called Good Life as one of our beneficiary partners. On top of that, several government agencies are involved including the Ministry of Health, uh, Housing Development Board as well as the Urban Redevelopment Authority. And this project will reach out um, at its maximum scale to 100 Singaporean uh, elderly residents living alone in a HDB flat in Marine Parade. And we have plans to install non-intrusive monitoring solutions in their homes. And this will be connected to the caregiving organisations, namely Good Life and Eastern Health Alliance. Um, The intentions are the following. So there would be an emergency button for which in the event of an emergency the elderly can reach out in real time to the care providers. Um, In terms of non-real time aspects, there would be alerts triggered when there is extended non-movement at home. And beyond that moving even higher levels um, we are also looking at their activities of daily living. For instance, their medication consumption behaviour, their uh, behaviour in terms of bathroom usage, uh, appliance usage. By studying this behaviour over time, uh, we could detect potentially anomalies in that behaviour which could be used as trigger points for intervention by the care providers. My own plans is to consolidate our efforts to target beyond just the elderly population but elderly people who are living alone as this number is set to increase uh, significantly over the next 15 years uh, and they form a very vulnerable group in our society. So uh, as there are similar initiatives that are going on um, looking after this particular segment of the society, my plans is to consolidate. and. Beyond our project also to work with other similar initiatives, one such example would be a new project that we will be embarking on with Lion Befrienders Service Association, uh, which is one of the oldest voluntary welfare organisations in Singapore, specifically looking after the elderly population. In fact, they have about 6,000 elderly uh, members under their care they have 500 of their members, in fact, have a similar monitoring system that has already been installed in their homes. So, we're hoping to develop synergy between the Shine Seniors project and this new project with Lion Befrienders so that the two projects can learn from one another. As a result, we can reach out to benefit more elderly people living alone. This project with Lion Befrienders is a new project that has been secured or uh, funded by the latest uh, MOE tier 1 grant that I have secured two months ago. Lion Befrienders is a key collaborator for this project because they are happy uh, having learned uh, from our experience from the Shine Seniors project. They're very interested uh, to engage with us so that we can help them look into the data, they're huge. Um, amount of data that they have collected over the past two years across 500 homes and they hope to use this to put this data to good use uh, so that more can be done uh, both to benefit the elderly as well as the caregiving organization which are the volunteers and staff members of Lion Befrienders.
0: Who would stand to benefit from the research projects and how will they benefit?
1: So there are um, multiple beneficiaries of both the Shine Seniors project as well as the new project with Lion Befrienders Service Association. The most obvious would be the elderly themselves so with such a system in place they can actually get more personalised care when they need it and care when it is most important for them and at the same time if they are with this data they can become more aware of their own health and well-being, and therefore they could take a more proactive step in looking after themselves. Mm. On top of that, of course, the community care organisations would also benefit from this. With the traditional approach of care providing, they Mm. usually would follow a fixed schedule to do home visits or befriending to the elderly. With such a system in place, um, they could then follow an as-needed schedule, where they only visit the elderly when there is a need to. So in this way, they can also make their operations more efficient. Given that there is always a shortage of volunteers in our welfare organizations. Beyond this, if you look at the um, government agencies, Ministry of Health's new setup, new office called the. Ageing Planning Office would then certainly benefit from this because they can also from these projects look at whether such systems can actually bring about better well-being in their elderly. So given that uh, hospital and healthcare resources are limited, with such monitoring systems in place, there is a possibility of reducing frequent flyers from elderly who go to hospitals sometimes unnecessarily and by reducing this frequent flyer occurrence, the medical professionals could then be put to better use uh, to attend to more urgent situations. Apart from that, uh, from the perspective of the Housing Development Board, of course, them being the infrastructure owner, namely the flat, the ability to operationalize such a monitoring system, such that they could be accessible For instance, at a price level that could become a commodity in future. If this can be reached, then of course the Housing Development Board can consider building in these monitoring systems as part of the HDB flats of the future.
0: Since the lab's research require obtaining data from the public, how does your research team handle the issue of privacy?
1: The issue of privacy has always been of uh, utmost importance, especially with the imposition of the PDPA in the last couple of years. So with all our elderly participants, we require that they sign a consent form to participate in the project and beyond that to allow the project teams and the collaborators access to the data that, that is collected from the monitoring system. On the researcher side of course we will take caution to make sure that when we present results from our study, be it in the form of PowerPoint presentations or publications, we will make sure that the individual's identity is coded so that whatever information is available in the public cannot be personally identifiable to a specific elderly individual.
0: Thank you, Professor.
1: Thank you.